even if you've been out of the workforce for five, seven years, things have changed. So let's get a good sense of what it is that you want, but then also what is out there. When I tell people as we're crafting their resume, it doesn't say at the top of it, paid experience. No one's looking for that. They're looking for how you can solve problems. And your resume, your LinkedIn profile, that's what it should speak to. It should speak. All right, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the How to Get a Job podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a really interesting topic that is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, but I definitely don't know how to talk about it. And that is, how do we help mothers or people who have had a gap on their resume get back to the workforce? And I say gap or employment gap because I think um, that it's not really an employment gap. And, and our guest today is going to talk a little bit more about that. Our guest today, her name is Becca Carnahan, and she is a career coach and founder of Next Chapter Careers. Becca, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. I am great, Daniel. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing fantastic. So Becca, tell me a little bit more about how did you get into career coaching and in specifically helping mothers get into a fulfilling career? Yes. So I am a mom myself. I have two little kids and I had spent a lot of time on playgrounds talking with a lot of moms who were dealing with this very similar struggles about returning back into the paid workforce, making transitions in their careers. And my background is in career and professional development. This is what I did for many years at Harvard Business School. So when I had these conversations with other moms and they would say, oh gosh, I just don't know how to get back into the workforce or to change my career, the light bulb went on for me. I'm like, these are my people. This is exactly how I can use my background to help these other moms that I know and love to find fulfilling jobs, flexible jobs, jobs that fit their lives and use their skills in the best way. So how would you overcome like the number one, I would say struggle or pushback that they get is like, Hey, like what have you been doing in the last five years when it in terms of your career? Or what have you been doing the last 10 years in terms of your career? Yeah. And that's exactly where this like resume gap comes in because there's a confidence hit that people feel mm -hmm. when they're trying to get back into the paid workforce. And you're going to he hear me use that term a lot, getting back into the paid workforce instead yeah. of saying getting back into the workforce, because as a stay-at-home parent, you are doing so much work. You're doing so much work and it's valuable. And in addition to the work that you're doing at home, most other parents that I'm talking to have also been volunteering in many ways. They maybe even have been taking on some project work or consulting work or other things that they just haven't considered to be full-time employment. So they're nervous about putting that onto their resume. I think so you, what, yeah. oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say that there's just a lot of similarities to that and like college students that are coming out and they, and, and they're applying for level entry jobs that require three to five years of experience. And they're not taking into account like the student organizations that were part of the, the projects that were part of that, like the volunteering that they were part of and all those extracurriculum activities that they were part of, because that's also experience. And I think it's a call out of like, even if you think about your LinkedIn profile, it doesn't say work experience in the section. It actually says experience. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the huge point. When I tell people as we're crafting their resume, it doesn't say at the top of it, paid experience. No one's looking for that. They're looking for how you can solve problems. 
and your resume, your LinkedIn profile, that's what it should speak to. It should speak to how you can solve problems for a company, how you can drive impact. And you could have that experience in your volunteer work, in your unpaid work. We just need to figure out how the best way to communicate that. And the key I find for people is to really get clear on what your target is first so that you can figure out what problems you're actually trying to solve. And then you can go back into your experience and dig out those great nuggets that show how you can drive impact, how you can solve those problems. That's super interesting because I think it all, it depends on what jobs you're applying for that you can then go back and say, okay, what like transferable skills, what experience do I have that is related to this? And I can then show the hiring team that I actually do have experience. I've actually been in similar situations, you know, handle high pressure, organize big projects, got a big group of people to do something, right? So, yeah. but then the question that I have for you is like, what are the type of jobs that are you're seeing like mothers jump into? Because when I think about like the types of jobs that the mothers in my my community that have gone jobs, have been able to go back, they've always been more like retail jobs or level entry jobs. And the problem that they have is that they their confidence and self-value kind of goes down because they're like, hey, like I went to school, I have a master's, like, I, you know, why am I going and doing a $10 an hour job? Yep. And it doesn't have to be that way. There are so many jobs that I have seen people go into, um, someone who is a director of a school farm, someone who has gone back to work in a school system in a different way, kind of being more like reading specialists. I have seen people go into healthcare and be project managers. I have seen people go into finance. Um, whether that's returning or starting a new chapter in finance. So there are so many different positions that if you give yourself credit for the experience that you have before you had kids and the education that you have built up before you have had kids or during that time, and then the project management experience, the financial experience, the leadership experience that you've built in that interim time when you weren't being paid for your work, but you were fundraising, you were managing teams, you were leading projects, you were organizing, planning, you were doing so much great stuff. We just need to be able to take all of that work and shift it into more accomplishment speak so that you can translate that confidently when you talk about yourself and your experience. I would love to like try to like be like if I am a mother going back and we're having a consultation, we're sitting in Starbucks and we're kind of talking this out, right? And uh -huh. I'm like, hey, Becca, I, I want to get back to the workforce. Uh, like, what are my next steps? Like, what like is there an actionable steps or or plan that I should be thinking about, or is it should I just like get my resume done and then just start applying? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked that because that's where most people go, right? They go right to like, okay, let me just get my resume ready and then I'll just start applying. But here's what happens. Yeah, I'm going to put this little chart up on the screen here if we can. Like if you start going, trying to go back into the paid workforce, you get your resume, you're like, okay, I'm going to apply to this one job that I saw that was kind of exciting. And then you don't hear back. You're like, okay, well, maybe I should just apply to a bunch of jobs that are just okay. And you don't hear back from those because for many different reasons, which we'll go into, your confidence starts to go lower. So if we have confidence um, on one part of the chart and time spent on the other part of the chart, it's just the more time you spend on these applications, the more the lower your confidence is getting and you just start firing off applications to a bunch of stuff. That's what happens to most people. But if we were to take the strategy and make it go a different way here and start by really getting clear 
on what it is you want to do. What are the skills you want to be using? What are the environments that work best for you? What are your key criteria in terms of a role that is well aligned with your skills, but also your needs? Let's get super clear there and then get into the exploratory phase of identifying companies that are well aligned with what you're looking to do talking with people who have made similar transitions or who are in roles that you want to be in. When you can go for more of a information gathering approach, then you can target your resume in the best way. You can get into roles through networking and referrals and that you're going to have a much higher success rate if you go about that approach, starting with the clarity, moving into more of the networking exploration research, and then getting into your applications. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that it really is taking is about clarity and not rushing through that. And I and I would even say there's like that is the same thing that I see with pretty much every job seeker. It's like you're most of us are just rushing through clarity. We have this sense of urgency of trying to get a job, but because we don't have clarity, it actually delays the process more. And I can see this even being more for like you know for mothers who are trying to transition. And I would even say like I think that the sooner that you realize that you want to make the transition. I think it's it's about planning to it. Like maybe it's like, hey, if, if you have a senior in high school, you know he graduates in six months. Maybe you start thinking about it, and the more and the sooner you start thinking about it, the the better it ultimately can get, and the more planning you can take. Because I think if you have clarity on what you want, I would assume that there might be some skill gaps. But if you have six months to get to close those skill gaps, that's going to actually dramatically increase your chances of getting that job. Exactly. Exactly. And it sometimes it can take some time. If you've been out of the paid workforce per, for a period of time, you may not be aware of all the different options that could be available to you. Industries have changed. Roles have changed. There are whole new sectors that have popped up. Even if you've been out of the workforce for five, seven years, things have changed. So let's get a good sense of what it is that you want, but then also what is out there before you start sending off applications to any which thing. Yeah. And so I think the clarity, like, so what would you suggest? Like, okay, I'm lost. Like, I, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I, I don't even know what's out there. It's been 10 years since I got it. It's last yeah. time I even know what the industry looks like. How do you suggest me finding clarity? Yeah. I have a whole process actually. Uh, this is exactly how I, I actually call my process of career clarity program. So I'm glad you use that, that exact terminology. And I have, hopped up on couches with people with friends at parties too. They start to say this. I'm like, all right, buckle up. We're going to talk about this. And where I start with people is thinking about where their career sweet spot could be. Mm -hmm. And we really need to gather three important pieces of data about you um, before we do that. So the first part is what do you like? And for some people, especially moms, when I ask them like, oh, what are, what are the things that you like to do? They're like, I don't know. I'm trying to keep my kids fed and alive and happy. That's what I'm really focused on. Like, well, okay, let's, let's dig into it a little bit deeper. What are the things that you like to do before you had kids? What, when you're scrolling on Instagram, what are you stopping and looking at? If you're watching TV, listening to a podcast, if you are playing with your kids, what are the things that you like to do with your kids? Not just because they're having fun, but because you're having fun too. Let's figure out what some of these core themes are. So we can think more about you and what you like. So that's the first part. Mm -hmm. The second is around the skills that you want to be using. And I say that there's an important distinction between the total skills that you have 
and the skills that you want to be using. Let's do a big old dump of your professional skills, educational, hobby, personal skills, and then go back to that list and say, which of these skills do I like using the most? And that's going to help us think about, think about function within a, within an organization. And the last part of it is your, call it your value add. Uh, who's going to pay you to do these things? And we can think about what types of companies have you worked for in the past? What are their characteristics? What types of organizations have you volunteered with? What are their characteristics? Is it more B2B or B2C um, marketing sales? Um, is it a certain, is it nonprofit, for-profit, size of company? Um, what types of clients have you helped serve in a paid or unpaid capacity in your work? And once we can gather those different pieces of data, we can start to draw connections between the skills you want to use, the things that you enjoy, and the types of organizations or people who will pay you to do those things. We need to start to gather that information before we connect the dots. I think that's where the value of working with someone like yourself or even working with someone who is more familiar with the job market and the jobs available because I, I think I would find it very hard and difficult. Like first, identifying all the things that you just mentioned myself, if I'm not having that conversation, but two is like what careers or what jobs out there can match those things, right? And I yeah. think that's where the value, a massive value would be of having someone saying like, hey, like based on what you're saying, you love listening to podcasts, you like, you want to work from home and you you like being creative, you should be a podcast producer. But like, I don't know that you would come up come up with that on your own if it wasn't someone that understood that this is a, there's a demand for podcast producers. It's a right. job you can do from home, and 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 people and it's something that you can actually learn and not have to go to college for. And I love those light bulb moments when we can gather the data. I can take a look at it with them and say, like, all right, let's come up with some ideas. Uh, so that's where the value, like you said, of working with a coach, I do this in a group setting too, yeah. so that people can see other stuff and be like, oh, you know what? My friend actually does this. Have you considered that? They're like, oh my gosh, I've never even knew that was a thing. Um, the other thing that I really like to use actually is let's, let's throw some AI into this too. Once we have some good data, we can plug some of this into a chat GPT or something and give me, give me a few titles of roles that I could be using my active listening skills an environment focused on health and wellness that where it's a kind of a nonprofit or a small growing company, it's going to give you some ideas. And then we can, we can go do so much. Once we have a few different ideas, we can bounce around. No, I, I, I think this is amazing. I think uh, there's just so much uh, over now, the more we talk about, I can see that the overlap between like, you know, how you're helping and how important clarity is. And also like when you're coming right out of college, it's like, there's a lot of this discovery phase. And I actually think like the first step of clarity is the most important one, but it's highly overlooked because we're so focused on like networking and interviewing yeah. and application side of it. And your networking is just not going to be as effective if you're just talking to anybody. Yeah. Sure. I think it's helpful to talk with people, but if you can talk with people and say, I'm really looking for, to be moving into a an organization that's focused on helping women um, manage through like manage health challenges. Like that's something I'm passionate about. And I feel like I could be using my skills in project management to do that. I'm kind of just throwing a couple of things out here. Um, if you're able to express that in a networking conversation, how much more valuable is that networking conversation? Because then someone can say, oh, you should talk with this person. Oh, I can make this introduction for you. Instead of just saying, I'm looking to get back into the paid workforce and I would do whatever. 
Someone's yeah. like, cool. Yeah. Um, well, I wish you the best of luck. They can't help you. Make it easy for them to help you. I think what you just said is so true. I think I, I hear this all the time of like job seekers who are very desperate to get a job. And they're like, I just take, I'll take any job anywhere, any pay. I just need a, a job to get my foot in the door. And they're networking or they're, they're sharing that to their networks. But the reality is like, that's hurting you more than helping you because yes. no one's going to refer you or, or, you know, put their professional reputation to try to help you when you don't even have clarity what you want. But if the conversation is actually like, if, if so I think about like, I'm putting myself, if I was a mother and I'm volunteering, at, I'm, I'm, I'm on my kid's sports game on, on the weekend and I'm sitting next to a dad or another mom or, or somebody else. And I was like, Oh, so what's going on with you? Like, no, I know I'm building my skill, uh, my podcasting edit, my editing skills, because I want to be a podcast producer um, because it's so much more specific they can then connect the dots like oh my friend james owns sweetfish media they're a podcast producer like yeah. i would love to connect you with james it's so much easier to make that connection when there's a clear ask and a clear way to help exactly exactly and i, I know it's i feel for people when they're telling me i just i need to get a job because yeah we do we need jobs to whether you have kids or you don't have kids but i know for the parents that i'm working with kids are expensive, man. Like it's, it, it's, it's a lot. So you need to, if you're looking to get back into the paid workforce, it's for many different reasons. One of them is financial. So I understand the reasoning behind saying like, I'll just take anything, but to your exact point, that's not helping you in your job search. It's holding you back. So spending that extra time at the beginning, it doesn't have to be years. <laughs> you can spend a little bit of time doing these exercises that we talked about and you can get so much more clarity, ask so much more specific questions, and you're going to fast track your job search. Is there any other like obstacle or or aha moment that because you've been doing this for so long, you've helped so many people that like somebody starting out this process, if I'm a mom starting this process, like I don't that I might not see that it will I will run into that I should be thinking about now. The other piece that I do right after doing the kind of uncovering your career sweet spot is doing this exercise around career criteria because I think the two pieces of it need to go hand in hand. And that's because so many of the moms, the parents that I work with, another key factor outside of doing work that they want to do is also the flexibility that they need for their families. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to, perhaps every family is different, but maybe they need to get their kids off the bus. Maybe they need to be there for soccer practice. Maybe their kid has special needs and they need to be getting to certain appointments. We need to get really clear on what your career criteria are, not just about the work itself, but also about your individual needs. And so that we can get that all down on paper and we can target companies and roles that are going to be well aligned. Yeah. Because that's where I think for parents, especially it can get frustrating. It's like, okay, well, I know I like to do these things. So I'm going to go out and apply to a bunch of jobs. Maybe I'm even getting interviews because I've targeted myself well. But once I start having the conversations, I'm realizing that role is not going to fit my life in any way. So we need to make sure that we're targeting the roles that you're interested in, but that also fit your life. It's interesting because even if you do get the role, I can see that the job not being able to actually coexist with your current lifestyle 
And mm-hmm. so you have to then leave within six months and then your confidence goes back down yep. and then you maybe be like, Hey, this is just not meant to be. I might as well just stay home. Or then you then start job hopping because you go from one desperate job to another desperate job. And mm-hmm. now your obstacle is no longer the skill gap, but it's the fact that you keep jumping from job to job. Yeah. And so I think it goes back to like understanding that. And uh, one of the exercises that I do with, with my clients uh, and they're coming right out of college is different, but it's different, but the same is, have them list the priorities. So it's like, what's more important to you and, uh, and prioritize it from a scale, from one being the most important thing to the least important thing. Like, is it compensation? Is it location? Is it industry? Is it work-life balance? Is it work from home, right? Is it your, um, is there upward mobility? Is it how much they invest in your personal development? Uh, is it experience? It, you know, all this, there, there's 10 different criterias. And that way, when you're applying to job, you can see, okay, what, what is that important for you? And I can see that as a mom, like I can see this already, like thinking about like, okay, what are your non-negotiables? Well, I need to work from home or at least three days a week because are or different things like that. But what, what, what have you thought about that? Yeah, so much. So I I love that you give your clients examples of things like upward mobility, pay, remote work, and that's what I like to do in my programs too, is to give them some ideas of what are some potential. I break the criteria down into five different categories Mm. around your needs, your motivators, the people that you want to be around the day-to-day skills you want to use, but also the future you. And for so many of the moms and parents that I work with, they're thinking about, well, I need to get back into the paid workforce because I have these core needs but I would also maybe love to be an entrepreneur one day. I'd love to have my own business. Okay, that's, let's keep that in mind because maybe we want to set you up for success in that by building your skills within a company that would allow you to do that or transitioning the skill set that you have into a different industry that would allow you to make that move. So we like to think a few steps ahead uh, because so many of the, these parents that I'm working with, they're they're constantly thinking three, four steps ahead because their kids are growing up and they have so many things that they're seeing. So let's take that all into consideration. Maybe that does mean remote work. Maybe that does mean flex hours, but we need to determine what it means to you because every family, every situation is different. Yeah. I wonder like the more you realize, like, like you know, the more time you have to think through this, the more strategic you can be. Like if if I know like, okay, my goal is to get back into the workforce once my kids go to, go to college. And I know they're, they're just a freshman in high school. I can start thinking about what that looked like and maybe even start volunteering at a nonprofit and then get to a point where I'm actually like managing the nonprofit or sit on the yeah. board of directors of the nonprofit. And I'm building the skill sets, both the soft skills and technical skills that are then required to be like, hey, like I, ma- I manage the finance of this food bank that does millions of dollars worth of you know help to the community. I can manage a small business that's also the same size, but it's now for profit. Exactly. If you can give yourself the gift of that time and that foresight into thinking like, this is the transition that I want to make. This is something I did for myself. When my kids were very, very little and they were toddlers, that's when the idea sparked for me. Like, I want to be working from home when my kids go to kindergarten. I want to be working for myself, I think, when my kids go to kindergarten. So I started to put that into place right then and there. I developed my career criteria. I started to think about what skills I needed to continue to develop. I was looking to job craft in my existing role to help me get there. And I think you can do that in a paid or unpaid setting, creating opportunities for yourself to be successful. 
what if like you know and and, and I, what if it's not necessarily for somebody else but what about yourself like i know we had talked about like the idea of like you know starting a hobby that then you can then maybe grow that and then that could also help you build those skills or even eventually become a job that or that you don't need to go get a job you made your own job yeah and i think there's so much value in people if you are thinking about maybe returning to the paid workforce at a certain time maybe that's a little bit further into the future or you're just not sure what you like anymore let's do some assessment and figure out what kind of hobbies you might want to get into because maybe it's the same thing that you liked when you were a kid but maybe things are different and that's what I like to ask that question to parents is what are the things that you like to do with your kids, not because they're having fun, but because you are. I think that one is often a huge light bulb moment for people because they'll say, oh, you know what? I actually really enjoy doing Legos with my kids, but not when we have to follow the specific directions. I like to just like build whatever. I'm like, okay, there's something there around your creativity and building something. Could we explore that in an adult setting as well? Or maybe they're saying like, I really love to make up stories for my kids at bedtime. That's fun for me to make something up, to share with them. All right. Have you done any writing of your own? Like there's so much clear connections between the stuff that you like to do with your kids. That's fun for you between hobbies that yes, maybe you end up monetizing that, or maybe it's a skill that you end up developing that you could contribute to a company in the future. No, this is this has been amazing. Like I think this has been super helpful. So look, if people listening to this and they can resonate with this and like, hey, you know, this has been great, but I don't think I could do this myself and they want to learn more about you and the services that you provide, what is the best way for someone to connect with you and work with you? Yeah. Come find me over at my website. Just go to beccacarnahan.com. That's my website. And you'll see on the very front page there, I have a free training where I walk through. Daniel, you asked about what are the steps to do this? I walk through the steps. <laughs> We're going to walk through this exactly through those steps. So hop onto that free training. It's an hour of your time. Very well worth it to kind of walk through this and to walk away with some actionable things that you can be doing. And then of course we can work together too, uh, whether that's in one-to-one -one coaching in group coaching, I offer both and they're great ways to really get the support that you need to build your confidence and to land that fulfilling and flexible job that you're looking for next. Becca, thank you so much for being part of the show and, and sharing all this wealth of knowledge. We're going to put all this, the link to your website and your link to all link then on the show notes uh for everyone else listening thank you so much for listening and catch you guys on the next episode all right so welcome to today's rain and today i actually want to talk a little bit about what we talked in this episode and that's doubling down on clarity look whether you are a mother coming back to the workforce, whether you're a college student getting back, whether you're a mid-career professional looking to pivot, having clarity on what you want to do is such an important step that you should not overlook. I understand sometimes we have this pressure and we're just ready to just get to applying, get to networking and get ready for interviewing. But clarity is going to save you a lot of time and a lot of headaches. So please 
please, please, please do not overstep that. Spend time getting clarity on yourself, getting clarity on what you want to do, what are the career paths, the skills that come natural to you. Um, I encourage you, look into those assessments like Myers-Briggs or Kobe assessments um, that can help you or work with coaches like Becca or even Emily uh, Melianis that are amazing at helping you gain clarity within you. Um, I would, would even advise you on having the list of priorities, you know, whether what's more important to you, like compensation, location, work-life balance, the industry that you're in, upward mobility, the experience that you're getting, paid time off or anything like that and ranking them. And, and looking for jobs that match your top three or, or, or top four, right? That's going to allow you to make sure that you are at a job that you love. Because, look, we're not all motivated the same way. What I prioritized coming out of college was compensation and location. But now I, I would even say the compensation was not number my 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 it wasn't it's not my number one right like yes I want to make money but like it, th there's different things like impact or growing a business or helping and generating jobs that also drive me and I think that changes when you're making a certain amount of money so like I understand that if you're coming out of college that might be it but what I am trying to push here with today's rant and what I want to make sure that you're coming across and you're learning is do not skip the clarity part. That's going to save you so much time because what you don't want is to just to get a job because you need a job and have that job be miserable. Because if you're in a miserable job and you have a miserable manager, trust me, that's going to translate to your personal life. You're going to be miserable in your personal life and you're going to wish you would have listened to me and did the clarity. So don't skip that step. Whether you're working with me or whether you're working with Becca, whether you're doing this yourself, having clarity on what you're looking for. It's going to save you a lot of time. Again, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you more than you know. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like and subscribe. If you're a mother and you're looking to get back into the workforce, definitely check out Becca. Look at the links below. And you're a college student looking to get to your first job out of college. We'd love to support you. So check out our links to Opni Career, uh, opni.co to learn more about what we do. Again, thank you so much and catch you guys on the next episode. Bye.